From Jamit Studios, it's the Made in Africa podcast, a show where African founders and entrepreneurs shared stories behind their businesses and some of the experiences they've gathered along the way. Sit back, relax, and let's get learning. You know how um, <laughs> we all look forward to having angel investor <laughs> on our LinkedIn bio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Get Equity is helping some of us who hope to get into angel investing at some point to uh, have that opportunity <laughs> to update our bio and list angel investor there because obviously that cloud <laughs> that comes with having that listed on your bio is is everything really. Um, I'm so happy to have Jude DK in the studio here with us. Jude is co-founder of Get Equity. And yes, in the course of this episode, we'll be going over how the idea of Get Equity came about and what Get Equity actually is all about directly from Jude, who has been at the beginning and is also actively involved in the company. Um, yes, this is the Made Africa podcast. I'm your host, Kimeshi Samo. And yes, welcome to another amazing episode um yes let's kick it off um jude please introduce yourself to us um thank you for having me so uh my name is jude i am a former tech bro now tech founder (laughs) 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 um born and bred lagos uh what else is there to say (laughs) yeah uh i guess Pretty much that, mm. 28 years old. Um, been doing this tech thing for about 12 years now. Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute. Started quite early. Yeah. It's and it's, it's, sometimes I say seen it all, done it all. But um, one thing I've realized now is that there's still more things. Definitely. Definitely. I find that out every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome to the show, uh, Jude. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to kick it off with the first question. You said you grew up in Lagos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all know that Lagos is famous for so many different things. <laughs> yep. So what was it like growing up in Lagos for you? Um, so I'm I'm a child of civil servants. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that growing up in the... N- in the 90s into yeah. the early 2000s was it was a good time for the civil service okay. i mean um life was good you could with your with a civil servant salary you could afford to travel out once a year wow uh, you could afford you know maybe one or two cars like really yeah i mean Damn. um so both my parents civil yeah. service uh my father was um quite up there okay. in the service yeah. and so i now in retrospect i i look at it that yes it pretty much had everything we needed yeah uh, at that time i used to think that we were poor <laughs> um obviously i was a sport child yeah. maybe maybe that's why <laughs> um but so we had a lot of you know, a lot of things we well my parents felt that we needed but yeah. again we weren't doing the once a year trips outside the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't doing the extravagant type of lifestyle. So yeah. in my head, that just meant that, oh, we couldn't afford that. Um, but, you know, over time I've grown and I've realized that, you know, my parents sort of just prioritized a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And I think a part of that has what is what led me to be who I am. I like to say my parents were my very first investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my first PC when I was five. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I mean, so my parents were the type that wouldn't buy you toys and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, they invested a lot yeah. in you know education and learning things. And for my parents, it was, uh, oh, this new um, IT life. Yeah. Right? Um, try to get us early into that mm-hmm. into that lifestyle. And so we first started out with obviously my first PC at five. Yeah. Um, I did the whole Mavis Beacon yeah, lifestyle, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and my father had or my parents had yeah. this rule that um, for your just three holidays, okay, you would 
well, basically every summer we would go to summer school. Yeah. Right. Um, so I for the long like, <laughs> summer school, God, especially to be played, especially when you have friends exactly. who would tell you they were in London and then you're oh, like, Oh, I cannot relate. <laughs> I cannot relate. We are talking about two completely different experiences here. I mean, most of the people I grew up yeah. with, would we weren't we weren't necessarily allowed to interact with other people outside yeah. of like the building we grew up mm-hmm. and the building we grew up or the compound we grew yeah. up we're all kind of like the same thing mm. you know parents of civil servants yeah. or top civil servants yeah. let me put it like that and well, we were all being sent to summer schools. So <laughs> it's only when you get to, the, um, let's say, the summer school that you find out, oh, this person just came back from London and oh, his parents shit. now enrolled him. And then you're like, oh, how's London? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, all Damn. of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, my, parent, my parents had this rule in for your, for your long holidays uh, yeah. in Jess 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father would enroll you into like a computer training institute. Wow, nice. So that was when I fir- I got my first foray into like the IT yeah. proper world, right? Yeah. Um, so I did a certificate in desktop publishing. So mm. that's where they teach you the whole Corel Draw, yeah. mm-hmm. Microsoft Word and everything. And yes. it was like, oh, I mean, I've seen some of these things in the house when I freestyle. Right? Yeah. Then it, it, it was so crazy because there were some people who were there who have never like really used a mouse before. Wow. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, from there, I think that very beginning kind of influenced my lifestyle yeah. into what I wanted to do in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd always I'd always been influenced by cartoons. Yeah. I'd I'd wanted to be the to become Dexter and Sculptor <laughs> Project. I'd always felt like that's how I'll end up. So yeah. anytime anyone <laughs> asked me growing up, I'll say yes. I want to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward into secondary school when I had to choose, then I was like, yeah, computer science yeah. because I wanted to be a hacker. Okay. I didn't tell my parents that. Yeah. <laughs> but my father, my father kept thinking, oh, I've invested this money. Um, you are going to do electrical engineering oh. with IT. Yeah. You go and work in, you know, telecoms yes. and all of that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I want to do this computer science shit. And well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Um, for him at that time, there was limited knowledge, right? Okay. So the man thought, you want to go and do what they're doing in Comta Village. Religion. Why don't you just go to oh, Comta Village? Yes. <laughs> but the beauty of it was yeah. I had a private tutor at that time. Okay. And um, so he was knowledgeable All right. at, at the very least. Yeah. He he helped convince my father because, okay. well, I mean, my mother was just like, you know what, you know what you want to do. My mother was like, you know, you know what you want to do. So my mother has had complete proof. I'll be complete. What's that word again? I'll call it trust. Trust. Okay. In whatever it is. Sometimes she just tells me that it's like God just... You, they did mistake. You were supposed to land in another person's house. I was in our house. So I mean, it must be fun. <laughs> she, she's my G. Yeah. I mean, finally convinced my father. I mean, the man was trying to threaten me at one point. <laughs> yeah, we will not pay your school fees. I was like, oh. sir, it's Unilag school fees. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Living expenses, though. I don't know what right. you're saying. I mean, I lived literally 10 minutes walk away from the house. Unilag. So I'm like, bro, if I'm broke, I'm coming here. I'm going to teach your food. There's, there's nothing you can do. I like that. <laughs> oh, my. So, I mean, after yeah. a while, he adjusted. Um, I guess he also, just like other parents yeah. do, they want the best for you, right? So, That's true. And with his knowledge at that time, people who were making the big bank yeah. were those who were in IT, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, it's when I... I graduated, uh, I mean, not even when I graduated, I think back to when I was in uni and I started making money on my own. I mean, obviously, didn't know, but I was asking for money less and less. Okay. Hmm. And when I had graduated and they'd seen my first 
paycheck. Mm. Well, they'd seen what I told them was yeah. my first paycheck. Okay. Because I'd lied. Yeah. <laughs> I'd reduced the amount. And then they were mind blown, like, oh yeah. my God, you have never done NYSC, blah, uh, blah, blah. It's already. Yeah, yeah. because. Um, so after graduating, I had three gigs lined up hmm. um, or three offers lined up. Okay. And, but what exactly? Uh, as an engineer, okay. software engineer. Yeah. So I studied computer science in, right. in uni, yeah. um, in the University of Lagos. And so <laughs> I remember even my mother was scared that they were going to take those offers away because I was like, look, I've been working all through when I was in uni. Yeah. Right. So that holiday after graduation, mm -hmm. I was two weeks in my house and my mother literally shipped me off mm. to one of those offers because she was like, you're just inside this house. <laughs> you're not doing anything. Uh, what is happening? Yeah. You told me that you have three offers. Wouldn't you go and accept it? What if they take it? Back? Yes. I'm like, my G, chill. <laughs> like, I've been with these yes, people for yes. a bit. Don't worry. <laughs> no rush. After a point in time, she was like, you know what? You've spent enough time inside yeah. this house. Bye-bye. Come, go <laughs> Come and be going. So, I mean, my father seeing all yeah. of these things mm -hmm. happen. It's the sense of, oh, I graduated. I had a job with an apartment. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it came with an apartment. Nice. So, I mean, it it changed the entire yeah. workflow of, mm -hmm. of how they looked at things. Exactly. And that's why I tell people, look, financial independence is the best way for your parents to Honestly, respect you. Honestly, that is just the fact. <laughs> that is the fact. And then from there, since then, been doing things, working both locally, yeah. Internationally, okay. um, I spent most of my time as what I would call a code mercenary. Okay. So I've built products for some of the some of the largest companies in the country yeah. and um, some startups outside the country as mm. well. Before I decided, to, you know what? It's it's about time for me to do something. Do this right. get equity thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, get equity started off as a side project. To mm. be very honest, right? Okay. And it was my third time dabbling into this founder shit. Yeah. But yeah, here we are, two years in. <laughs> nice. I love how you transitioned into all of the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> how did get equity actually form? So that's where we're at now. Okay, so um, Get Equity started, give or take, 2019. Okay. Um, 2019 was one of the, I will call it, lowest points of my engineering career. Okay. Um, so I was deep into yeah. my code mercenary lifestyle. Yeah. And so I just, in fact, I was fully booked. I was working mm. for... Um, a Nigerian bank at that time. I yeah. was contracting for them. So I, right. I'd built out, in fact, I, can, I think I can mention it now. Uh, I was working for Sterling Bank at that okay. time. Yeah. I, I was building out two projects, one of which is now what is known as Altmall. Okay. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I led Alt Mall. <laughs> Bragg's impressive. Mall. <laughs> Honestly, it's almost Bragg passed like this. <laughs> wow. Um, right. So then yeah. um, there was also an internal project that I was working on for them. And yeah. that project got stopped abruptly. I don't know why. But then Alt Mall, you know, we're taking it into its go live. Yeah. Um, and so at that time, I... After I was done with that gig, they so they wanted to hire me full time. Okay, but in HR, I was wasting too much time, and so I've I've always been I've always had the capacity. Okay, to be what I'll call proud. <laughs> and so I was like, "Yo, your people." So I was talking to a friend of mine because he was head of, um, I, th I think projects at the bank at that time. Okay. Which, I mean, I've, I I I've met amazing people right. because he was the youngest head of pro was the youngest department head mm. that the bank had ever had, I yeah. think. And then I was telling him like you your guys are wasting my time. And to be very honest, yeah. I I don't think that I can I like around for yeah, that long. I don't think I can yeah. wait around for this yes. thing. Because ideally you're I like working with you and the team that you've mm. built. That's why I'm here. Yeah. But when people don't respect you as a person yeah. it's just uh, yeah that's that's time for me to dip mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i'd left i'd gotten an actual gig working for um a british company okay that was now my first foray into what people call 
forex earnings mm. right yeah and so i mean it, it was it was wild it was you know, it was one of those things that people dream of because, yeah. i mean this was 2019 right mm. i was earning four thousand dollars life was good all of that but that then yeah. came with its own problems okay um so that was my very first now i'd, I'd gone from what earning maybe like 700k yeah. to now earning four thousand dollars right mm. That was my first time earning in Forex. Yes, yeah. one. Yeah. Then secondly was also my first major time being the first black person being hired and then the first African. Mm. And look, culture shock hit me. Culture shock hit imagine, me back. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so it first started with one, being able to understand accents. Mm. So, and I guess this is something that's not talked about a lot or was not talked about a lot. I yeah. don't know. First, having to understand accents, um, having to contribute, all of that. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I did the interview and, you know, they said I was, they were mind blown. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that they had wanted to implement or transition to yeah. were things that I had already done. done. Wow. And implemented in the company. Wow. But getting into the actual core yeah. Yeah, and then you're not able to contribute in that same way. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm an employer, I see it from their point of view. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I hired you with this promise mm -hmm. of being able to do this. Yes. And you're not giving what's, you're not giving me the initial ginger. Yeah. So what's yeah. happening? Yeah. And then meanwhile, on my own side, it was like, yo, it, I had, that was my first foray into what people, into what we call, um, is it inferiority? No, imposter syndrome. Okay. Mm. So I had the that's biggest, wildest imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, you just have, you're having a stand-up and then people yeah. are talking about, yeah, so we went to Spain for the weekend. We did this, we did that. I mean, I like to say I'm, an, I like to say I'm exposed, yeah. but nah, <laughs> wasn't that <laughs> <Yes>. exposed. <laughs> so okay. everything yeah. culminated into me being fired, I think, after two months. Oh, wow. I was relieved as fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry, because mm. I was like, <laughs> yes, distress. Enough of that pressure, right? Yeah. In retrospect, um, I should have talked to people. Mm. Um, I should have found the a way to feeling right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things that I later found out was that you know it's a lot of people actually go through that process, stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot of people go through that mm. stuff. Um, but so after that time for some reason yeah i found it hard to anyways this was in september right yeah. so most companies are usually not hiring at the last quarter exactly yeah what they're doing is winding down for the quarter and you know to hire the next year yes again this i didn't know at the time yeah so here i am now in october looking for a gig and it's <laughs> horrible yeah hmm. Everyone, yes, you're interviewing, but then sometimes people are ghosting, mm. you're getting no's, you're getting rejections, yeah. and it was crazy. Oh. I then decided, you know what, let me even try Nigerian companies okay. again. again. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> after, a, after a while, I just got frustrated, yeah. and then I was like, look, I've always been someone who, at every point in time, yeah. I'm doing at least two things. Mm. Um. Two things meaning two projects. Yeah. So I now I had this idea of and because I'd been in crypto for a for a bit, yeah. I had this idea of um allowing for crypto companies to be able to do ICOs. Yeah. Right. Okay. So an ICO is basically saying an initial coin offering. You yeah. have a project, you want to create a crypto token out of that project that people mm -hmm. can buy. Yeah. That was it. Okay. So I started on that. I'd even met someone who you know, was trying to get into crypto yeah. that I was, um, what's, what's the word I'll call it? I think I'll say mentoring. All right. And so built the first thing, iterated it, yeah. all of that. 2020 comes, January, I get a gig. February, I get another yes. gig. So this is put to the burner now. Mm. Um, I think after a time later in 2020, I yeah. pick it up again. Okay. Um, because I liked how the project was going. Right. Plus, I liked the fact that when I when I was talking about the project to my girlfriend at the time, yeah. she sounded very, very impressed. impressed. She's like, <laughs> oh my God, you're so smart. I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's that's what that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> and she's in tech. So yes. for oh, for someone okay. in tech to tell me, you're yeah. right, I'm like, yeah, mind blown. So, <laughs> But then that now opened me to, I mean, so I built the first, we, we got to build the first version. Yeah. Um, 
And then that now opened me to a new world okay. of, okay, you built this. Who are the people that are going to use this? Mm. And then started talking with people. Yeah. And I got my first, um, so this now, again, fast forwards into 2021. Right. I get my first intro into um, Bumi of Greenhouse Capital. Okay. Um, so, I mean, at that time, even over time, I'd with some people I've met, I've at, at that time I'd heard, oh, yes, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, I see that this is something that could work in Africa, in yeah. the world of venture capital, mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. I'd never heard of oh, what venture God. capital. I mean, yes. I know that, yes, because I've worked with startups, you know, yeah. you fundraise, everything, mm-hmm. the whole YC journey, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Venture capital was just something that people said. Yeah. Right? It's, never it, really made sense to you. Yeah, yeah. It was just, okay, investors. Yeah. So now I'm hearing, oh, yeah, this is something that could work in the world of venture capital. So I'm having to scale up okay. by understanding what all these terms are, what all these things are, yeah. um, while building out this product. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. I'm I'm someone who actively enjoys learning, learning things. Yeah. And so I meet with Bumi and... Apparently, there's a synergy there because they have been thinking of something in that same right. um, in that same corner. So yeah. he decides to personally, um, I, I don't know if the word is mentor, but personally mentor okay. um, me and like my friend I, at the time. Um, advice yes yeah. so we're having like weekly calls with him. Okay. Just at that point, he was like, look. Yes, they run a fund, yeah. right? Yeah. They invest in businesses, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so he's just going to keep following through, yeah. but giving us advice on this is how you could do this, this is how you could do that. Plus, I'm also very stubborn. So yeah. I also had my own ideas yeah. of this is how I think things should, should be. And I'm someone who has, I'd say at that point in time, gained enough experience in the tech world to okay. know that I should trust my own gut as well. Mm. So, I mean, all of that culminated into us finally getting that initial 100K from Greenhouse to mm. say, okay, you guys built this out. Mm. Now, let's restructure this and do mm. this for the world of venture capital. And then let's blow this out of the water. Yeah. So when we got that first 100K, did the announcement, yeah. it, was, it was all wild. We... <laughs> Launched in July of yeah. 2021, and since then it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. Sorry, let me just cut you. You know, you had initially built this for something different entirely. Mm-hmm. When um, the suggestion came that you should pivot, how did you actually take that? I know you'd already mentioned that you had an idea of what you wanted to do with this project. So, yeah, so. I mean, I'm someone who, when an argument, I know a lot of people say this whole, I'm a logical person. Yeah. So it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like bullshit, but <laughs> I'm someone who's extremely logical. Yeah. All right. If you want to convince me to do something, you have to make an argument. Mm. And yes, ICOs worked, but ICOs worked in, ICOs were limited. True. And so the argument is, look, if you're looking for scale. Yeah. You have to focus on the world of venture capital. Mm. Even at that time, now in retrospect, even venture capital was limited. But the argument there was, if you want to focus on skill, focus on the world of venture capital. And because you're looking at Africa, you're saying, how many crypto companies are there in Africa versus how many startups are there in Africa? So, I mean, it was a no-brainer. True, true. It was a no-brainer. I was there like, oh my God, this guy is preaching. (laughs) These guys preaching. And so, plus, we already had, I mean, at the end of the day, what we had was an engine, right, which was amazing. Mm. What we needed to do was tweak a few things yeah. in terms of terminology and how that process worked. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that was the icing in the cake was the fact that DeFi summer happened mm-hmm. and crypto became expensive. Yeah. Gas fees were out of the water. <laughs> yeah. So it was a no brainer for me to yeah. say, look, we're taking our crypto out of this thing. I beg. Yeah. I can't, (laughs) you can't say that because you want to like, imagine spending a thousand dollars every time you need to deploy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) so like, yes, please take it out. Thank you. (laughs) Nice. So you've decided to move into this uh, other space. 
Um, I, I, I'm assuming that you had a lot to still figure out as regarding how to make this work, regardless in this uh, uh-huh. venture capital space. What were those first steps you took towards um, bringing the products in here and then getting it out um, on the market? Okay, so the one thing I've always had experience in is building yeah. products, right? Yeah. Um, I build products. I have a domain expertise in finance. Yeah. Um, but now the one thing that I never knew yeah. or never understood yeah. because I never bothered to was marketing. Yeah. And secondly was also, I guess I'll call it fundraising. Yeah. That's when I realized that, look, fundraising is an art. Look, it is. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Because, look, I'd always been someone who would say I prefer to speak to technical people. Yeah. But now you'd have to meet with everyone. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how you interact with different people changes. Yeah. So here are we, Get Equity, building a niche product. Yeah. But you're trying to sell to mass markets. Mm That means that a lot, you need to, one, be very intentional yeah. about how it is that you um, market. Yeah. And then secondly, when you're talking to people, um, fortunately, you're going to meet a couple of um, characters. <laughs> There's also that not losing your cool and everything. Yeah. So for me, like I said, I'd been, I'm someone who, again, personally has yeah. been very proud. Yeah. But now I had a company which was, I would think I would call it bigger than me. I had employees, yeah. I had, you know. Mm-hmm. Responsibilities. I had responsibilities yeah. now. Yeah. So I couldn't just say, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I had to sometimes take the ridiculous advice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had people tell me the craziest of things. <laughs> and then also... People who genuinely yeah. care, mm. but you also need to be able to filter out what makes sense and what doesn't. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've had people who maybe a year later now go, oh my God, so this is what you were talking about uh, at that uh, time. Yeah. Plus then I also realized that in some ways, um, because we're very niche, yeah. it's the kind of thing that it will take time. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure that... Um, you keep following through with the process yes. and all of that. I mean, I would say the me of right now versus the me of two years ago, very different. Very, very different, yeah. Okay, nice. So um, you, okay, okay, let me just rephrase this question this way. How did you get your first, let's say, 10 startups to list on Get Equity? That part was easy. Okay. Actually, that part was easier <laughs> than I thought. All right. Um, I mean, because startups need funding. Yes. They are always hungry. So anything that's... Okay, let me just... <laughs> yes. Um, fortunately yeah. for me, yeah. the startups that we got were people... So um, in 2021, yeah. um, I... Was it 2021? Yeah, I think about 2020 into 2021, yes. I started angel investing myself. Okay, nice. And I, like I mentioned before, yeah. I'm someone who has been in tech ecosystem for about a decade. Yeah. Right. So most startups, yes. Um, the very first couple of startups that we listed on Get Equity mm-hmm. were they had technical founders. Okay. okay. So these were people that I knew personally. Yeah. In fact, some of them, I mean, we wanted to first start out with 10 companies. We ended up having to start out with five because some guys pulled out and all of that. But the... They say why they pulled out though. I mean, for many had different reasons. Some was the thing of, oh, we're trying to raise, but some of the investors we're talking to say they don't like crowdfunding, Mm. blah, blah. Yeah. I mean... Now, now the markets, the market, they hit everybody. everybody so everybody's exactly. looking for other yeah. ways, mm-hmm. other ways to raise capital. But if you remember how 2021 was, money yeah. was flowing. Flush. Damn it. <laughs> oh my God. It unrestricted. I, I've had people who had, uh, had arguments with yeah. me at that time about, you know, how venture was going to look like and yeah. why, they, and why get equity was never going to scale. Yeah. And now I'm I'm seeing those same people come to talk about, oh, let's have a conversation or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. okay, fine. This is why I tell people that yeah. Yeah, you should stick to your gut, yeah. especially if it's something that you are sure of. Okay. Okay. Um, so 
some of the first five companies, yes, we knew them personally. Some of the other companies weren't ready. Some were saying, you know what, we're not ready yet. Some people don't want to be the first person to do it. Exactly. To be very honest. Yeah. You want to see someone do it first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when we had the first five companies and people saw the traction that came from that. Because I remember in our first month, people had raised about $16,000. Wow. But our second month, they had raised over $32,000. That's July, August. Um, Third month was amazing. Third month was about $80,000. Wow. It was wow. individuals like... Yes. Um, so by the third month was the first time we had a private company. We had a company raise. Yeah. Um, it was a company called Her Economy, and they were a female-led um, community. So it was yeah. a community of women. There was a product out of that, and they said, you know what, we want to, we want our community members yeah. to be able to invest in us. Mm-hmm. And boom, boom, boom. Wow. Women are rich. <laughs> <laughs> They had money. Women are oh rich. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and and so yeah. from there it was, I mean, we were literally flying. Yeah. Um, by December we had closed out. I think getting into twenty twenty two, people had raised over four hundred thousand. Wow. Um, that's what we started twenty twenty two with. Yes. Over four hundred thousand dollars being raised, and so, yeah. Amazing. So um, I have this one question. Uh, what is the like primary requirements that a startup must meet to be enlisted on your platform? Okay, so particularly one, yeah. you must be already be a registered entity. Okay. Two, you have a product. Okay, you now, must have a product. Yes. Okay. Um, you must have a working product. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily care. I, I think most people tend to conflate a product with an app. Uh, yeah. A product can be anything. It could mm. be an Airtable link. Yeah. It could be whatever. Yeah. But it's a product mm. because people use it yeah. and you make money, money from it. it. Yeah. So you must have a working product yeah. that has made revenue. Okay. Now it makes sense. Then every other thing starts to become peripheral. Yeah. We now start to look at, is this product viable? Is it yeah. scalable? Yeah. Um, the revenue, how how much can this revenue yes. get? What does it need? Mm-hmm. All of that. Mm-hmm. The valuation, does that make sense yeah. and all of that? But those first three things yeah. are very key. Those okay. are things that we do not compromise yeah. on. So the process of vetting these companies, is it manual? Like you speak to the founders or is this something they submit to their pitch deck and like business plan and then you guys go over it and decide whether this is a viable plan or not? So it's both. Okay. Um, the very first step is, um, as what you mentioned, where... Um, we have a list of requirements, yeah. um, those li- and then we'll filter based on those requirements. Right. Like I mentioned, the first three things, if you don't have those things, there's yes. no point. Yes. Right? Then from there, we look at what the valuation the company is looking at, yeah. um, the company's uh, business memo, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have a ranking algorithm right. Right, that works based on, um, I think we have the green zone, the orange zone, yeah. the red zone. Yeah. Um, and it's a scale, it's on a scale of 10. All right. Right. So if the company is in a green zone, it means that everything, all the criteria that we look for, the sector, yeah. the because we're sector agnostic, mm-hmm. we also tend to compare if you are in healthcare, yeah. um, what the business model is in comparison to other businesses yeah. in healthcare yeah. um, at the state that you are in, how yes. well it can scale and all of that. Mm-hmm. So when all of those things pass, yeah. I think from an orange, from a yellow zone, yeah. we're fine. All right. But the moment it's an orange to red zone, yeah. it's, no, it's, it's a no for us. Work. All right. So how do you make money? Uh, that part <laughs> is very simple. So Get Equity makes money two ways. Okay. The very first is we take a commission out of what is raised, yeah. um, about a 5% commission. Yeah. yeah. And then the second is that we take a transaction fee. So two places. Yeah. On the company side, we take a commission from you. All and right. you as an angel investor, yeah. you want to be able to invest. We take a transaction fee from of 1%. All right. Uh-huh. Now that we are on this topic, now that you just mentioned angel investor, I mean, um, typically, there's uh, requirements that individuals must meet before they can be called angel investors. An accredited angel Exactly, investor. accredited. That is the word I was trying to get out, but I couldn't. <laughs> yes, so... You are you are basically changing it with get equity, no? Um, so 
what we're doing with yeah. this particular instance is, yes, there's been accredited angel investor regulation yeah. around the world. Yeah. Um, but recently, I think it started with the Jobs Act in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, there have been... Then there's now new regulation that's allowed for non-accredited investors. Oh, so for you to be an accredited investor yeah. um, in the U.S., you need to have um, earnings of 200k. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or if you're a couple, 300k. 300K yeah. yeah. Uh, in Nigeria, I think it's a hundred millionaire. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. Now, for non-accredited investors, it's saying, yeah, not everybody meets that criteria, yeah. but people still have an understanding of risk yeah. management, right? We're allowed to invest in the stock market. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I understand that startup investment is less risky. Yes. But now it's saying those requirements, there's certain level of requirements that are put on the platforms who are vetting these startups. Yeah. And also requirements to educate yeah. angel investors. Now, one of the things that, two things that we do first is on educating angel investors. Yeah. And then secondly, on what your investment threshold will be based yeah. on your, um, what's right. the, uh, yeah. based on your earnings. So, I mean, an accredited angel investor, you still have a limitation on how much you can invest based on your earnings. Okay. But, uh, as a non-accredited investor, this is something that we took from the accredited investor regulation and decided yeah. to tailor it down yeah. to non-accredited investors. And funny enough, I've so we've had conversations with um, SEC across you know different countries. countries yeah. And one of the things that we have seen is that some of them are also interested in angel investor regulation hmm. for non-accredited investors. Okay. It's what can we do to support that particular aspect yes. because um I spoke to someone in oh I spoke to some people and it's actually concern the fact that Nigerian startups um you do well and everything but yeah. when it's time for you to fundraise not even fundraise okay. when it's time for you to IPO okay. your list in the US yeah okay that's, that's taking money out yeah, right yeah and people are fine with even a dual listing mm-hmm. so one thing that a lot of people are realizing at SEC is the fact that, you know, you don't want to chase all your children away, yeah, yeah. right? You still want to be able to earn revenue from that. Yes, so. It's different regulation. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that it's something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, constant engagement, <laughs> yeah. is it? Because unfortunately... Yeah. Um, things take time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately as well, innovation tends to move much faster than regulation. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So um, you know that uh, Nigeria signed the startup bill last yes. year. Do you think, have you noticed any uh, impact so far from that signing in any aspect really of the whole startup um, eco- ecosystem? Um, I would say it is giving a certain level of um, hope. Okay. That's one. And yeah. I mean, look, hope in itself is an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, a large part of why, or a large part of why we would say something tangible yeah. hasn't been seen right now is because we're in elections True. using trades. Yeah. Um, the startup bill, perfect, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um I was skeptical for a bit okay. because I didn't understand what exactly this thing was supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. But then um, going through the bill after it was signed, yeah. it came with, okay, what the requirements are, tax-free. Um, we, you get to have tax-free yeah. for SMEs okay. for a couple of yeah, for yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. Um, even with what your employees are entitled to yeah, yeah. registration. And that I think the, com- the country is going to set up a f- an investment exactly, fund. Yeah. So, yes, it's amazing. All right. We wait to see what the full implementation will look like. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there are some countries that you can look at that have had a startup bill. Yeah. Um, Abu Dhabi is one that I particularly find amazing. Okay. Dubai is another. Yeah. Um, I think there are some countries in Europe where you fundraise, the government matches your raise. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. So the government matches your raise. Um, wow. 
And so, like yeah. things like that, it's it's going to be amazing. We oh just wait to see how the implementation looks like. <laughs> just okay. Let's, I know, right? Just honestly, mind blowing. It's crazy. What's the competition like for Get Equity? <laughs> I'm very tempted to be in my proud zone and say I don't see competition. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, the one thing that I enjoy about it, because when we first started, we yeah. were more like first movers in mm-hmm. this part of the world, mm-hmm. right? We got all the buzzbills, all yeah. the negative reviews, mm-hmm. articles, and all of that. Yeah. But now, especially with the market downturn, it's like people are looking, okay. Alternative sources. Uh, yes, yeah. alternative sources of mm-hmm. fundraising. Mm-hmm. Private capital? Are we looking to retail, etc., etc.? Yes, becoming very attractive. <laughs> so now, one of the things that we're also seeing is that other companies yeah. are springing up, hmm. and what that does for us, or what that does for us, is it means that people are reducing my CAC costs, my acquisition <laughs> yeah. costs. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> now, for us, it's we see get equity. Get equity for us is a five-year plan. It's a five-year roadmap. Okay both on a product landscape and everything. Yeah. It's a five-year roadmap that we started two years ago. Okay. Now, that five-year roadmap, we are still currently building out the roadmap that existed in my head two mm. years ago. Wow. On the core of what it is that we're yes. doing is bringing liquidity to private capital. Mm-hmm. That's the core of what we're doing. Yeah. And I've had people who have argued against this core at, as at that time that, oh, venture capital in itself is inherently illiquid Liquid. and it's supposed to stay so. Yeah. And then, you know, the market downturn happened yeah. and now everyone is scrambling for liquidity. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing that this has done is that it has told me that, yes, we're on the very right path. Yeah. In terms of competition, one thing that I've seen is, yes, we've seen competition in some subsections of what we're currently doing. Okay. But I like to say that, or I like to think that the one company that I will call, this is the only company I yeah. see as a competition, is AngelList. Mm. Um, I, would say, I would say Carta in the way that they are currently moving right. and the acquisitions that they have made. All right. But historically, yeah. I would say it's AngelList. Okay. I, I would be very interested to sit on a to sit down with Naville, um okay. and to sit down with Naval, sorry, yeah. and you know, just even have conversations, yeah. right? Because with how with the premise of Angelist, yes. it seems like we are like minded mm. on how we provide access to private yeah. capital. Mm. So for a competition, I'd say those are the only ones I see. Okay. Um, in terms of local competition, I find some, I find some companies very interesting. Mm. Um, I think I've probably spoken to most of their founders right. as well. Yeah. Because look, at the end of the day, this entire thing is yeah. we're not against each other. We have to still. Oh, yeah. It's better to grow the pie than to say you want to scramble over a tiny piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's very correct. Um, you know, you mentioned the whole market downturn, and earlier we had this conversation. <laughs> so we are here now. I know um, in 2021, uh, capital was flush. Yeah. Money was everywhere. I'm telling you, uh, startups were raising left, right, and center. But then in 2022, I mean, other parts of the world, yeah, it started slowing down. But Africa was doing pretty well at the earlier stages of 2022. But towards Q3 and Q4, it also slowed down, like, compared to what we're doing last year. Yes. What do you think are some of the factors that affected this uh, market downturn? Okay, so um, I think I'll first start with capital in Africa was still, you know, was still being raised in early stages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is how this thing went. The stock markets went kaput. Mm-hmm. True. And... The t- a typical HNI. Yeah. I mean, the entire world of private capital is gotten is gotten through HNIs, DFIs, um, governments, etc. Yeah. Now, it first started with sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It first started with yeah. governments started fighting wars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now, governments started fighting wars. Um, that meant that they couldn't focus on providing what yeah. they typically provided mm-hmm. to certain economies. Yes. And then um, businesses who were in the... Plus, I mean, there was quite a bit of flush money mm-hmm. that had been put yeah. 
post-COVID. Yes. Right? And that had led to inflation. Yeah. Now, a lot of businesses were overvalued. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when the war started, everyone started coming back to their right senses. Yes. So what this did was overvalued businesses, obviously, you start looking at the current value of those businesses. And so the average HNI, who, I mean, makes up maybe 30, 40% of the market, but it's a significant number. The average HNI tends to have maybe um, 40% of their assets in real estate. Yeah. Another forty percent, another maybe thirty to forty percent in maybe thirty percent in the stock markets, twenty yeah. percent liquid, yeah. and then ten percent for alternative investments, mm-hmm. or twenty percent in alternative investments and ten percent liquid. Yeah. That's typically the markup. Right. Now, when you have thirty percent of your net worth yeah. being bamboozled, honestly, and that your thirty percent is now worth one third of its current oh worth. Goodness. Real estate, yeah. those are amazing assets yeah. to have. But the problem with those is that they're never they're never liquid. Yeah. So if you need liquid cash, if you need the influxion of cash, yes. it usually comes from the stock market and selling. Exactly. So now when you've lost one third of that money, you look towards your alternative assets and say, hey guys, um I'm I'm gonna need a few cash right now. Yeah. But then when those alternative assets are also struggling. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, those alternative assets are not just struggling, they're asking for more money. <laughs> wahala. <laughs> That's where Wahala yes. comes in. So <laughs> if, even though there was so this is typically how it was, yeah. and that meant that for the high growth businesses or for the later stage yeah. businesses, um, they felt the burden first. Yeah. But lower state businesses, I mean, at seed stage, maybe you're raising $3 million. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things for when, for growth state businesses that raise maybe $200 million, right? Yes. And so it took some time for Mm. that ripple effect to come true. Mm. And because we had always had this Africa as the new frontier conversation, it meant that some people were still, okay, let's see what this new frontier does. But as that, Getting to the end of 2022, um, VCs decided, okay, um, we thought this was something that was just going to slide over and come back, but it looks like it's getting much worse. So even those who had funds, those who had money decided that, look, I have to keep my money first and see what is going to happen, study the market and everything. So that in itself now has led to a dry up. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is word on the streets, yeah. That's um, part of the reason why, or part of the reasons why um, investors sort of like slowed down was because many of the companies they invested in last year, or rather in 2021, did not hit certain key milestones. Well, we'll see. Many, many of our businesses were yeah. valued. Hmm. Hmm. And so when typically you have... Um, a business that is doing what, let's say, a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. AR, yeah. Right. Um, ideally, you value that business at somewhere between twenty and thirty million. Yeah. But money was flush everywhere, and mm-hmm. then because a lot of people were willing to invest in that business, again, yes. demand and supply, yeah. right? Yeah. The business would go, look, we're putting ourselves at fifty million. Mm. Take it or leave yeah. it. And so FOMO. now, <laughs> exactly, yeah. FOMO, you invest. Yeah. Now that business is coming back to say, um, so <laughs> we're going to need more cash. Yeah. And again, because you previously raised at 50, mm-hmm. if you're going to raise again, nobody expects you to raise at 50. Yeah. You're yeah. supposed to raise up more. Mm-hmm. Um, because also the people who invested in you, yeah. they need to update their exactly. portfolio so that they themselves can also go and raise more money yeah. to set up a new mm-hmm. fund. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is looking like, so how far? How far? <laughs> <laughs> and all you have new, to do is new. tell them that, you yes. know, we're grinding. The market downturn too affected, yeah. you know, it didn't just affect the stock market in the sense of um, businesses. Yeah. It didn't just affect investors. It affected normal people yeah. as well. That's so true, yeah. there's an inflation. Everybody's mm-hmm. keeping their money to focus on, to prioritize yes. things. Yes, yes. So... You that runs a business, maybe payments or something, you're going to notice that people are now choosing to pay for, not just to splurge money anymore, yeah. but to pay for 
you know, basic amenities mm, first. Essentials, yeah. Essentials first. Yeah. So that also reduces the amount of payments yeah. that you process. All right. So do you think it will get any better? So, yes, we're seeing, yeah. we're starting to see signs of that. Okay. Um, we were in the, we're seeing the new um, signs of a bull. Yeah. That's one. I mean, um, what they call it again, shilling tokens are back again. Yeah. Um, I think it'll get better. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people will learn from this first. Yes. And then it'll get to the point where there's more money again and then everybody forgets what just happened. Nice. Hmm. It's, it's mm, a and cycle. Then everybody just forgets. It's wow. a cycle. I'm thinking that um, maybe, uh, I mean, but it's true what you've just said, but what I'm thinking is you've already learned from what happened in 2021. Businesses were overvalued, right? And they were actually throwing money at startups that hadn't really made any significant traction. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, that would have been sort of like an indicator in the next set of investments they'll go into. If you've not... Yeah, but when money becomes flush again, you start, you forget forget all of that. I mean, if you look back 10 years ago, um, everybody was still reeling from 2008 housing crisis, right? And (laughs) well, we're having a new housing crisis. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's wild, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as we wind down this this episode, um, obviously you've had experience managing people. Um, what's what's that like? I know people can be a handful managing humans. Like, oh my God. <laughs> we are complicated. Um, so for me, yeah. I, again, like I said, um, uh, managing people. My experience managing people mm-hmm. prior was, um, I was very selective about the people I had in my space. Of course, I could afford to be yeah. because then I was in just engineering. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, you manage a vast number of yes. people. And so for me, I'm having to relearn how to manage. Yeah. Typically, I've, I've, I've always been the type of person that I throw you into the yeah. deep end mm-hmm. and teach you as we go. Throw you into the deep end, jump in with you, and then show you how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm having to see that I need to do a lot better yeah. in the sense of sometimes train you first, yeah. starts with the basics and all of that. Yeah. But then I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> so I'm now having to learn that patience. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting. Yeah. What's one thing that you think has um, shined through for you as a person in um, your journey as a founder? One characteristic? Uh, one that's, that's shined through for me. Yeah. I think for me particularly, yeah. I'm a very gifted product person, mm. if I might say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that has helped my career as a founder yeah. is because I've built amazing products, Yes. Um, I think from a product mindset. Okay. And it hasn't just helped me as a founder, but also as an investor in the sense that I can then share that product experience okay. with other founders yeah. who are in early stage. So mm. I've had a lot of founders where I would go, Oh, I have this person in my portfolio yeah. and I have this other person in my portfolio and there's a synergy there. Yeah. And then I just do an intro and it works out. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, how do you, I need, I know, um, the, the stress of dealing with people, right? <laughs> the, ex, the responsibility you have and also that vision that you are chasing, it can get, um, how do I put it? Overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Right? How do you um, relax and then wind down, basically? Uh, a bottle of Glen, whiskey. <laughs> um, it's, it's my favorite. <laughs> um, and then from 2021, yeah. I finally found an, a community. Mm. Uh, I'll call that, I'm sorry, it's a friend of mine started, or is now a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, but I started going to something called South. Okay. Um, it, it was just basically Lagos nightlife with, yeah. you know, people in their twenties. Yeah. All right, yeah. Lagos nightlife, but not the really expensive type. Okay, so a Lagos nightlife on a budget. That's what that's what is actually called. <laughs> um, Sign. and from there I've made really amazing friends yeah. because I've met a lot of these people off Twitter yeah. and you know see them for real, have a nice time together go home. Okay. It, it takes the edge off, takes yeah. the stress off. Okay. And then come back to grind the next right. day. Um, gaming or anime? Uh, anime. I'm a full anime, anime head. Time. Nice. <laughs> full anime head. Recommendations. 
look, there are plenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which one are you currently watching? So I'm I'm watching Psycho Mob. Um, you should check it out. Yeah. It's amazing. It's about okay. um, people with okay. They call them espas. They're mm-hmm. people with um, telekinetic powers, yes. right? Uh, it's wild. <laughs> wild. Okay, I'll definitely look it up. Uh, I don't know if you've watched. Uh, obviously, uh, look. For those of us, I started anime in 07. So that means oh, wow. I was like 12. Yeah. So for those of us, our first yeah. entry into anime was either Dragon Ball Z or Naruto. Naruto yeah. <laughs> so I started being a Naruto yes. head into Bleach, into... Um, why am I forgetting all these names now? One Punch Man. Have you seen One, one Punch Man? Death. I've seen... One Piece. Seen Death. But One Piece, I've not, I've not seen One Piece yet. My problem with One Piece I don't like is that I didn't watch it when I should have. Oh. I should have watched One Piece maybe in the early 2010s. All right. All right. So now it's looking mm, not so yes, to me. Yes. <laughs> but there's Kuruko no Basuke. Okay. Um, that's about basketball. Mm. Um, I found that sporting animes actually help me enjoy, learn the rules of sporting. Sports. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So Kuruko no Basuke is about okay. basketball. Yeah. There's, there, there are many. <laughs> Would you like to visit Japan at some point? Bruh. <laughs> okay, so my, my, um, yeah. my fascination with Japan is mm-hmm. one, anime, second, tech. Those guys are crazy. They are crazy it. people. Korea as well too. Those guys are Damn. killing it. <laughs> I can, I, I understand. They are wild, like the way they think. And see, Nigeria, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a long, long, long way to go. Yeah, we do. But you know, it's, it's what it is. I, yeah. I, I pretty much feel, and I've always told people that yeah. look, the best way for um, this country to grow is yeah. empowering certain entities, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, it starts with. The private sector, yeah, empowering startups, the private businesses, yeah. Like, I don't know why we feel in a capitalist environment, government has to be the biggest employer of labor. It still, still confuses me, <laughs> but you know, it's one yeah. of those things. Okay. Um. Finally, no, not finally. I think we have about. I have about two in my head still. But what are some of the mistakes you made that you wish, if you ah. go back, uh, you do differently? Ah, plenty. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to put this from an advice standpoint. Right. Um, one of the mistakes I made regarding... Now, I, I personally tend to... Well, I like to tell myself never to have regrets. Okay. Um, one of the mistakes I made um, as an engineer... Yeah. So I'm going to do as an engineer and then I'm going to do as a founder. All right. One of the mistakes I made as an engineer was... Well, anyways, was self-corrected, was not having a community of people to talk to. Mm. Um, I'd always run away from communities, yeah. right? Um, because I always felt like, ish, <laughs> they talk about shit way too much. Yes, okay. And they're never really doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But I found my community, thank God, mm. um, in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, the, your community doesn't have to be uh, large, doesn't yeah. have to be a large number of people, mm-hmm. but find your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Then as a founder, it's also find your community as well. Oh my, it's still community. It's the community, right? Because one of the things is that you learn faster and you find people who have already gone through a problem that you don't necessarily need to go through. Yes. Because for example, now, if I had to do things over again, I'll take into cognizance, um, first off, your first hires. Yeah. You take into cognizance who your partners are Mm -hmm. because... That thing is literally a marriage. Mm-hmm. True. So you take it into cognizance who your partners are, take into cognizance who you hire, because all that determines your culture and how you yeah. want it to be. You know, the part about founders or partners, rather, I saw, I don't know how accurate that the statistics is, or the statistic is, I found that about 30% of startups that fold in like within a year or two, it's because of co-founders problem. Yes. I I am not surprised at yeah. all. And I I would like to think that because ground rules were not set initially, based off of we are we are G's now, we now exactly. yeah, we shouldn't wouldn't wouldn't run into any trouble or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. And then when you get when you want to get um lawyers involved very early on, it feels like it now starts to feel like a fight. That. Then with your employees, yeah. everybody starts choosing sides. Mm, true, true. <laughs> So it's crazy. And another thing I'd tell people is define job roles. Mm. Mm. Co-founder is not a type. Yeah. Co-founder is not a role. <laughs> it's not. Yes. Define roles. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. Define rules. Finally, what is one advice or how would you advise startups that are looking to fundraise right now? <sighs> one is, yes, I know times are hard, yeah. but still be selective. Hmm. Whoever you take money from has the capacity to make or mar you. Okay. Secondly, please always keep a lawyer involved. Uh, look, I know lawyers can be expensive and all yeah. of that, but it saves you from a world of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's always have lawyers involved. Mm -hmm. Then sec thirdly, find a community, man. <laughs> See, because yeah. one thing that, that community will do to you is it will do for you is you're talking to an investor right now. Yeah. You can ask, has anybody had this person before? Mm -hmm. People will give you gist. Mm -hmm. People will sit you yeah. down and tell you, oh, this person is amazing. Yeah. Or some people will tell you, you know what, I can intro you to this person. This person is who you should be right. talking to. Yeah. That introduction part. Um, and uh is it true that for you to actually succeed while fundraising, let's say outside of um, get equity, right? Or ah, I feel like if I ask this question, we'll, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> no, I'll ask you off um, of this. Uh, yeah. So um, it's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you very Honestly, much. Honestly, I've learned a lot. And you are a very open person. Honestly, the conversation sort of like flowed. I didn't even have to ask many of the questions. It just <laughs> went as according to how I would have asked those questions. It's amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> nice. That's been it on this week's episode, guys. Um, do remember to follow us on social media. Uh, and also come in next week because we'll have another amazing founder like Jude here in the studio to share their experience with us. And then, as always, we'll get to learn from what they've been through and their journey as uh, overall. Um, I'm your host, Kimishi Samuel, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. That's all on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Made in Africa podcast on the Jamit app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your questions and or comments are appreciated. I'm your host, Kimishi Samuel, and you've been listening to the Made in Africa podcast. Thank you.